of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Matt Bacon here with my beautiful co-host, Keith of Ghost Cult Magazine. What's up? And Keith, what are we talking about today? We are going to talk about why music history and knowing your music history is a gateway to success in the music biz. This is like literally, like this is inspired because I literally just got off the phone with a very very high level individual and we bonded over 90s hardcore <laughs> nice like like and but like this but like what i what, what i want to point out is that like this isn't me trying to like flex about who i know this is just something that happens again and again and again my the you know like a lot of my biggest clients are from black metal or they're from hardcore and the fact that I can talk to them about 90s hardcore has made, like, the fact that I know every Inside Out lyric has made me, like, an upsetting amount of money. Like, it should, that should not be how the world works, but it is. Would you basically agree, Keith? I do. Um, I think the fact that you're successful is partially due to the fact that you have a very deep and encyclopedic knowledge of things in music. But I think there's other factors. No, too. sure. It certainly has helped you. But I, oh, I guess what I'm trying to say is this has been the number one thing that has opened doors. Right? Is like nothing else has, you know, because like why do people get involved in this? Because they're music nerds. No one's getting involved or staying in the music business for the money. Right? So if they're music nerds, guess what? They're going to be stoked if you drop some nerd shit on them because you're bonding on what you're both interested in. You know what I mean? Like to me, it's always been fairly straightforward. Keith. Indeed. Yeah. I'm right. I'm right there with you, man. Uh, you know, uh, not just as a social interaction. I, I, I can also vouch and say that I've definitely bonded with peers and professionals over music history, not just, our preferred genres, but all genres. Uh, 100%. You know, if, you can be, if you can be a student of music of any kind, most people, I think it's really only band dudes and dudettes who are just like, I only like blank. Most people, especially the Spotify generation, the streaming generation, have a varied taste of things. Um, I met somebody the other day at a show who was like, I really don't even listen to music anymore. I just listen to podcasts. I was like, that's awesome. Do you listen to Dumb and Dumbest? They said no but I tried to convert them. <laughs> For the record, when I ask people about podcasts, I never recommend ours. <laughs> oh. That's not true. I sometimes recommend ours. Um, but point being, yeah. And, and I think that's a really valid point. And I think it's, I, yeah, it's, it's just meeting. It's all about figuring out a more meaningful way you can make a more meaningful place to start to build a relationship from, right? 
And in my eyes, the most meaningful place you can build any relationship from is from a mutual interest, or one of the most meaningful places is from a mutual interest or shared experience, right? And if you can bond with someone with a shared experience of going to a hardcore show and having your face punched in by your friend who's literally named Joe Straight Edge, because somehow everyone else I know who likes DIY hardcore, no matter where they're from, has a friend named Joe Straight Edge. <laughs> we um, all did. Right? Like, you have a friend named Joe Straight Edge. I definitely do. You know, I have a friend named Joe Straight Edge. My friend Joe Straight Edge is, I guarantee it, 25 years younger than your friend named Joe Straight Edge. Well, and yet they, they have the exact same ethos. <laughs> yes, on both counts. Which I think is amazing. <laughs> but, like, you know, this is what it's about, is those connections and finding those connections and growing with people around you in that way. Would you basically agree, Keith? I do, man. I, again, I can't. I can't stress enough. So, let's. The opposite effect of this is that you get. I know that there's sort of a culture of some people. I'm not going to generalize too badly, but I do think that there's some people who are just so focused on their own arc and their own music that they don't want to listen to anything outside of their genres. So you meet them and they're super elitist. Not because they're trying to be dicks or they're trying to fucking flex uh, too hard, especially if Matt is around. But I think they, you know, they're just so core, right? They're so hardcore, whatever their genre is. It's usually black metal people, to be honest. But, you know, then you meet other people just like, I don't really listen to anything else except X, Y, and Z. So you only see them at those shows. They don't really, I, I'm sure they like other kinds of music. They just don't talk about it because they think it's off-brand. And I'm here to say, B is off-brand, you know, uh, I couldn't be more on-brand when I'm talking about jazz and history. I couldn't be more on-brand when I'm talking about my depth of knowledge of opera or classical music. And I yeah. think the same goes for you. If you know, Matt, is not, you just, Matt is not flexing when he's talking about classical guitar greats. These are people who've directly influenced and shaped his life as much as any hardcore black metal or, or, you know, stow to doom band. But, like, the point being is the fact that I can, like, hold intelligent conversations about those things, as well as now rap, thanks in large part to Keith and also our friend Vince Bellino, um, you know, who have probably been my two most formative sort of uh, rap uh, spirit guides. <laughs> um, really? You know, but, like, this is important, right? Is like, because now I can, like, sit down with someone who I never could have talked to before and, like, have a conversation about KRS-One I couldn't have had last year. Indeed. You know, and that's important because, again, the dude putting out Pusha T reissues, a uh, bad example. <laughs> the dude... <laughs> <laughs> the dude putting out interesting new mumble rap or emo rap is, like, definitely very into Pusha T. And you know, or whatever, or three, six mafia or whatever. And so the fact that I now have something to talk to that guy about, you know, other than, Oh, you like rap. I like hardcore. That's cool. You know, that's important because it's just, it immediately opens doors and like, and it's not like in normal business, you know, it's not like we're both, I don't know, in the paper business. Like no one's like truly passionate about paper except for Michael Scott, you know, <laughs> You'd be surprised. There's still some people out there yeah, that but, but, go to but, like paper shows. Yeah, but, but you know what I'm saying. Like, 
You know, it's, it's not like you could sit down with any person who goes to a show at St. Vitus Bar and talk to them about some of this stuff. And the thing is, when you meet people who don't know about this stuff, those people don't get taken as seriously. Like, people who, like, haven't been on DIY tours or, like, haven't, like, gone to DIY shows that got shut down by the cops are, like, I just don't take them as, like, I just don't, like, and I know that's probably wrong, but, like, that's probably wrong. But, but also, I like, you don't, why. like, it's a question of bona fides. Like, you're yeah. operating, like, they're operating in a, in a fundamentally different music industry than you, which is fine, but, like, that's what it is. It's a fundamentally different world. I take a different tact, and I'm gonna, and it's not to, I'm not knocking you, bro, because you're, you're, your life experience is yours, and mine is mine, and there's definitely things sure. about your, I would trade with you on a lot of levels of things you've done. And I'm old, so I saw all the cool bands the first time around, not on the reunion tour. <laughs> not not, yeah, uh, not on the final not, tour. <laughs> not on the final tour. I saw, you know, Slayer in 89 and 90. I saw Slayer in the same week as Frank Sinatra. I love to tell everybody that story. Yeah, um, I, always thought, I always think that's a fun, a cute story. Three days apart. I was at Slayer at Roseland, and then I was at Frank Sinatra at Radio City Music Hall with my mom. Rest in peace, both Frank and my mom. So, but here's the thing about my take on this which is i want to now flip this around and say if you oh you know i'm listening to this pod and i might know a bit about music and i might know my music history of my genre but i don't really know like these guys are talking about like i don't really roll with that kind of yeah so how do i i'm here so how do i how do I, you know, compensate for this? Well, Let's so, flip this around and sure. say, if you, so, if so, you so, so, for, yeah. so first of all, I want to point out, don't, I'm not saying to be a gatekeeper, right? Cause I, and, and I try really hard not to gatekeep unless someone's being a fucking punisher and then they'll suffer. Um, you know, like, it's not a question of gatekeeping. It's more a question of like shared experience. Right. Um, you know, obviously people can like recompensate for that. But what I think you need to do if, you know, if you're into symphonic metal, fucking know about symphonic metal is what I'm trying to say. It's like, don't, you know, and, and like, okay, if you, do, if, you do, if you have bad taste in symphonic metal and you don't care about Third and the Mortal, which you should, um, but you care about Nightwish, like, that's fine, but know the fuck out of Nightwish. You know, like, have, like, strong opinions about Poet and the Pendulum because people, like, other symphonic metal fans will fuck with that. You know what I'm saying? Like people don't take, like I've literally seen it with a, a fairly major artist I used to manage who um, I had to, I kept trying to explain to him, you know, that citing the new five finger death punch is one of your favorite releases of the year. When we're trying to brand you as like a smart metal band, yeah. that's not going to look good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he didn't want to listen and people took him less seriously. Um, For the record, the new Five Finger Death Punch is not awful. I had to listen. I had to listen to it. I, I also, but but here's the thing: is I don't terrible. like like with that example in particular. I don't even necessarily think Five Finger Death Punch is that terrible. I actually think they're quite impressive live. Um, but 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 they're more just. That, I wish you would read that tweet you made. Oh hell yeah, that tweet was great. <laughs> On um, this pot, you should read that. In tweet. A but um, but but I was using them as like a synecdoche for like, um. Broy mainstream metal that that like dudes into roadburn metal don't like. You know what I mean? Um, 
but, but but this is what I'm saying. It's like if you're a five figure death punch fan, like know about Motigrator. Word. You know, because just because again, it gets you taken more serious. It's a very easy way to show how dedicated you are to this, right? And if you have know about American Head Charge. There you go. If you have, where is your loyalty now when all your cards are left on the table? Oh Jesus Christ, that band is so terrible. (laughs) Oh, two of their guys are dead now. Come on. Okay, so half of that band is so terrible. (laughs) The point, but no, but the point being, um, American Head Charge is not a name. You really threw me with that one. (laughs) But 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 that's a really but. But this is the point, right? Is like, I, you know, I spend my morning working on marketing stuff for a premier black metal festival. And I know about American Head Charge. Right? Like, this is the thing is you don't know when which bit will pay off. Which is why I have such an obsessive music listening routine. And why Keith has such an breath. Keith has it for slightly different reasons. But I think part of it is the knowledge does help you. Would you agree, Keith? I, I do try to know the ledge, my friend. Yeah, exactly. Like, Keith has maybe the most in-depth knowledge of anyone I know about music. Well, thank you. I'm not a, I'm not a huge rap connoisseur, but that know the ledge line was an, an Eric B. and Rakim reference. Absolutely. Which... But, yeah, but this is what I'm saying, right? It's like, Keith is not a rap guy, but he knows the, you know, he can, ha- he can hold an intelligent conversation. I'm trying to get to a point where I can hold an intelligent conversation, you know? Um, and that's just what you've got to do. Uh, because again, you know what these fucking people are interested in and what they fucking want to talk about. Indeed. You know, again, it's not you're a one paper salesman going to another paper salesman and trying to find out if maybe you both, you know, want to make the office jokes. Dude, 32 pound cardstock. That shit's awesome. Yeah, and, like, that's fine, you know? Like, I get it. Like, I'm sure that paper salesmen do that constantly, and I'm sure it's hilarious. I'm sure that's why you become a paper salesman. But, like, you know, it's a hell of a lot easier when you just know if this guy's at this show, he probably likes 90s hardcore, which means I can use that as my entry point so that we can go and talk about something else. That's literally how I met the VP of Spotify uh the vp of it at spotify um my friend craig literally was at the same stoner metal show and i was like oh you like yob and we talked about yob for 20 minutes and then he started telling me like cool stuff about spotify like but this is what it is is you need initiating the conversation is half the battle so if you show you have an understanding of this thing we all care about and you're not just entry level or you know doing it for the money or whatever, which, you know, cause some deluded people are doing it for the money and you want to avoid those people, you know, this is an easy way to show that you give a fuck and that you're like part of a thing, you know, and people don't seem to grasp that. Um, and, and, and I know I'm getting kind of like up in arms now, but like, this is something I genuinely feel passionate about. Because it's worked for me at scale over the last 10 years. Right. You know, like, the only reason I got to work with Hellfest, which opened up every door, was because I knew a bunch of Death Angel facts, 
And the Hellfest guy, when I was interviewing Death Angel, the Hellfest guy was going to interview them next. And he was like sitting next to me. And he was like, oh, wow, you know a lot about Death Angel. And I was like, yeah, motherfucker. I also speak English and French. And then like, you know, <laughs> like, like, but, like that's literally what happened. I literally said, yeah, motherfucker, I also speak English and French. Did you say that sentence in French or English? I said it in a blend. Okay. <laughs> Do you speak like a, a Franglish? Is that what's spoken over in Clisson? Where, um, uh, I mean, no, it's weird. Like with my, like with my roommate, who's, um, who I went to high school with, um, because I'm just a sad version of myself from when I was 16. Um, you know, just with less cocaine. Um, mm. Yeah, um, we will speak a mixture of French and English. That's like a weird blend that people that only it's it's weird. Are you also a Buck Cherry fan? This is another yeah. See, this is another example of a band that like like <laughs> people don't understand how much money Red State Rock makes and how like a rough knowledge of Red State Rock can like open a lot of doors. And now just to, just to wrap this up because this has been a lot of ranting, but. You know, if you're asking yourself, how can I educate myself to, like, know about all these different fucking things? Um, there's a couple things. One, I really make a point of listening to, like, mainstream metal releases that I know aren't going to be for me, but I want to, but I feel I should know about. You know, Keith is really good at, at this. Like, I'm going to listen to I Prevail today. That's on my list. Solid band. Yeah. The other thing I do... Um is I, I have a listening rotation. So every day I listen to a jazz record, a blues record, a classical record, a record to review, a punk record, um, a hip hop record, uh, 20th century classic, whatever that might be. And then the record for our listening group, Dorkscography. And I try to read a little bit about each record. And it just, you know, it means over the course of the couple of years I've been doing this, I've learned a lot. And I've discovered a lot of cool bands like the Dixie Chicks. Um, I was hoping for a, for some harsh words from Keith on that one. No, like the Dixie Chicks, I always did. Um, I and I'm not a big country fan except for Outlaw Country. Um, I, feel I like, like terrible this, country music. Just for the record. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I feel like this is you also own cowboy boots and probably a cowboy hat. I do not um, own a cowboy hat, but I've strongly considered it. <laughs> you should get you should get a ten gallon hat. I really go down to South by Southwest and just fucking take over that shit. I think I'm too much of a parody of myself to engage yeah, that's in That's what I'm hoping to get you to do because I'm trying to manipulate you into this. Um, I also feel like this episode today needs to end with like a South Park. I learned something today, but um, I don't know what that is. And okay. I, again, I, I highly, re if you can't come to Brooklyn and hang out with Matt and Keefe at St. Vitus Bar and talk about all these things, what would be the thing? someone can where's the beginning block is it to listen to those records is it to make a listening rotation is it to do a deep dive on a genre take the genre you hate the most and fucking apply yourself to learn a little bit about it just to fucking stretch out what would you do i mean i would do whatever you're comfortable with i've always been interested in a wide variety of music because of my background as a musician and um my you know my personal ethos of don't forget the struggle, don't forget the streets, um, which is a, a a hardcore joke for Warzone. all y'all. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, I'll, I'll I'll throw this in here and say, but, the, okay, a little, yeah, go I'm gonna I'm gonna just as we close down, I'm gonna defer to this. 
fuck being comfortable. Don't do what you're comfortable with. Fucking but 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 here's the thing: it's outside like, of your comfort zone. It's okay if you just want to do what you're comfortable with. But like, okay, hypothetical Nightwish super fan, you know, who doesn't know too much, who like likes doing Nightwish type symphonic metal. Okay, go and listen to Third and the Mortal, or. Don't, you don't even have to go listen to Third in the Mortal, you know, even if Carrie Royce Latin has the most beautiful voice ever. Go and listen to, like, Nightwish Deep Cuts. Go, go listen to their B-sides. Go listen to, um, you know, the first record. You know, go listen to when they were, like, a shitty power metal band before they became, like, Nightwish. Um, which is, like, my favorite thing, how, like, in 2002, their art got, like, way better overnight. Um... But, like, do those things and just, and you know, so it's, it's like, become the biggest uber nerd and then, you know, dig into, like, what are Nightwish, Nightwish's influences? And then you'll probably find out about Third and the Mortal. And you might find, and then also look at who Nightwish influenced. And then just develop the deepest knowledge of symphonic metal. If that's all you care about, that's fine. Just know the most about it so that when you meet other symphonic metal people, you can be like that motherfucker. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> similarly, you know, if you want to go broad, go broad, but just have a deep knowledge that people will look at and go like, oh, okay, this person gives a shit. Cause that's all it is. This is it's a great litmus test to prove you give a shit. Word. You know who probably didn't have an encyclopedic knowledge of music? Who? Can you guess? Um, Bob Marley. No, Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> because he was murdered. <laughs> this has been Dumb and Dumbest. You, for some reason, have been listening.